Hello, and welcome to this podcast entitled, How to Reap the Benefits of Continuous Glucose Monitoring and Maintain Your Device. This podcast is the second episode in a two-part series focusing on education for people with diabetes on continuous glucose monitoring. This series is brought to you through an educational partnership between PrimeMed and the Association of Diabetes Care and Education Specialists. We welcome Patricia Montesinos, a nurse practitioner in family medicine at MedStar Diabetes Institute, and Diana Isaacs, an endocrinology clinical pharmacy specialist at the Cleveland Clinic Diabetes Center. Before we get started, let me remind everyone that this podcast is supported by an independent educational grant from Lilly. For further information concerning Lilly Grant Funding, visit www.lillygrantoffice.com. Please note the following information discussed in today's episode is not meant to be a substitute for consulting with your own physician or healthcare team. Hi, this is Trish Montesinos. I am a family nurse practitioner at the MedStar Diabetes Institute. Um, I'm here today to talk about the use of the CGM, and particularly in this podcast, we are going to discuss about how to maintain your CGM device and reap the benefits of the continuous glucose monitor. I'm joined today by Diana Isaacs. Hi, everyone. Great to be here. Um, I am a clinical pharmacist as well as a diabetes care and education specialist and the CGM program coordinator at the Cleveland Clinic Diabetes Center. Great. So, Diana, what are some things that you should know before starting a CGM? Yeah, so, you know, these devices are pretty simple to start, but I always think people do a whole lot better if they can get some training and education, such as from their diabetes care and education specialist. So there are a lot of great videos uh, from the respective devices um, that can either be watched online, many available through the different mobile apps. And those uh, are wonderful to start off with to get a nice introduction to the system. Some of them even have simulator apps, so you can see like really what it looks like and get a real good feel for it. Um, But there's some key points to note. So because CGM is actually measuring the blood sugar from a slightly different area as the finger sticks, there can be something called a lag time. What that means is sometimes if blood sugar is rising or falling very, very quickly, such as, you know, right after giving yourself insulin or maybe right after exercising, then whatever the blood sugar is on that sensor reading could be a little bit different from the finger stick. Um, A good example of this is, you know, if a person has a low blood sugar and they're treating it, uh, usually it takes about 15 minutes, even with a rapid acting uh, glucose tablet, you know, to, to, for it to raise. And so if you're just looking at that sensor, it may show that it's taking longer. And so in that instance, it may be good to do a finger stick, um, just so you're aware of exactly how, you know, how quickly or not, you know, if the blood sugar has recovered to back up to 70. Um, just some other things that I think it's really important to go through. 
uh, are just understanding what the numbers mean, what those blood sugar targets are, uh, this newer concept called time in range and what numbers we're trying to get to, um, just to really help people to achieve those targets. So uh, Trish, what are some of the common issues that you think arise with CGM? So one of the common things I have heard um, is about accidental dislodging or the CGM falling off. And so this is particularly important if, if you're very active or, or you may be a swimmer. Um, certain things to take into consideration when you're finding an appropriate place to uh, put your CGM um, and certain preparations that can be done to help prevent it from falling off. So you want to make sure you're cleaning the area thoroughly and that you're letting the area dry before you apply the sensor. That may mean that you need to trim or shave hair from that area. You want to avoid using lotion in that area that could uh, make the adhesive less, um, less sticky. Um, you can also try supplements, uh, adhesive supplements. For instance, skin prep or skin tack can be very useful to not only clean the skin but leave it somewhat sticky so that adhesive stays better and is more likely to stay on for that 7 to 14 days, depending on which device you're using. You can also use adhesive patches or tape um, applied around the sensor adhesive patch. Um, using a picture frame or window technique. So you don't want to tape directly over the, the plastic transmitter itself, but just reinforce that uh, sensor adhesive. And that can be done with um, Pegaderm or KT tape, rock tape, kinesiology tape. These can be uh, useful adhesives to reinforce and keep that sensor in place. You want to note that, again, if that sensor falls out, cannot be reinserted, and you can call customer service for the device, and oftentimes it can be uh, replaced for you at no additional cost. Um, the other thing to take into consideration, and sometimes I've seen irritation of skin or sensitive skin with the adhesive that comes with the, the sensor. So there are some barrier films that can be used. One is called IV prep, another one is skin prep. And you can also try placing a barrier patch um, that basically forms a, a very thin little barrier between the skin and the adhesive, leaving a little area for the sensor actually to be inserted directly under the skin. So Diana, when should I call my healthcare provider I'm concerned about what's going on with my blood sugars, at what point should I call? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so I would say anytime where you're consistently not meeting your glycemic targets. And this is where that education up front is just so important about knowing what your targets are. We have this, you know, internationally accepted target range of 70 to 180. This is called time and range. And the idea is that the more time in this range, the better. Your specific goal for being in this range will be individualized based on kind of the discussion with your healthcare team. But anytime you see that your time and range is starting to drop and go lower and lower, to me, that would be a good opportunity to reach out to your healthcare team. We also, you know, hypoglycemia or low blood sugar is something we're really trying to minimize. So if you notice that you are having low blood sugars, especially if you identify a consistent pattern and you can't think of the cause, uh, meaning you're not sure what 
could have contributed to it, uh, then you definitely want to reach out to see if maybe your treatment plan, your medication, something needs to be adjusted. Similarly, with high blood sugars. So generally what we say is, you know, if blood sugars are consistently over 240 um, and, you know, your person's also experiencing nausea and vomiting um, and they're, you know, check anytime if you ch check for ketones and those are positive, uh, you would for sure want to reach out to the healthcare team. But also if sugars are just running on the higher end of the range, um, reach out, you know, be proactive. You've got this amazing data and information at your fingertips. So you don't have to wait till your next appointment uh, to meet with the team, especially now with so much virtual care happening, uh, you know, you can get a quick appointment and just try to address some of this, this information. So with that, kind of speaking more about the data, Trish, how should people be instructed about, you know, making insulin adjustments with the information from their CGM? So, yeah, really great topic to talk about. And also, I want to touch back to, you know, part of that education piece when you start could be joining your healthcare team's professional dashboard for them to be able to remotely access your glucose data. Um, especially, this is useful during virtual visits or check-ins in between your face-to-face -face appointments if you're having uh, trouble with, uh, with your blood sugars. So how do you make adjustments with the information you have for the CGM? So it, it depends on what's going on, but one of our goals um, that the American Diabetes Association has is that we want to try to keep the sugars under 180 two hours after, after meals. And so if you are finding that you're consistently running above that range, it may be that you need to reduce the amount of carbohydrates or portion sizes of carbohydrates with your meal, or maybe increase your insulin dose in order to keep that blood sugar in the target range. If you're finding that your sugars are going low after you eat within four hours of eating and taking mealtime insulin, then that was likely a mismatch of the insulin to the carbohydrates that you ate. And so that can be addressed by likely reducing the insulin dose is, is what needs to be done there, particularly if you're eating less carbohydrates, you probably need less insulin in order to avoid hypoglycemia. And then again, how Diana has touched on time and range and really how for most patients, 70 to 180 is what we're targeting. That may be different for, for each individual, but in general, that's what we're looking at. And our goal is ultimately to increase that time and, of, time and range and ideally aim for about 70% or greater of time to be spending in that range. Uh, for some patients, it may be appropriate for 50% of the time to be in that range. And again, that's something that you should discuss with your healthcare team and determine what's the appropriate target for you. So going along with that, I'm curious, how does one make dietary adjustments with the information from their CGM? Also great question. So. If you tend to be running high after meals, the things to consider are, can, can I adjust my carbohydrate intake? Can I reduce the portion size of that carb? What about adding more complex carbs and reducing simple carbs that are broken down slower and don't cause that quick rise in sugar after eating? Could you add protein or more non-starchy vegetables to the meal to maybe be able to reduce the amount of carbohydrates and prevent the rapid absorption of the carbohydrates? Um, consider taking your mealtime insulin 10 to 15 minutes before eating to give it a little bit of a head start so that as the blood sugar starts to rise, that insulin is kicking in and helping to keep that after meal sugar in range. 
The other thing is to consider going for a walk after, after a meal, particularly after a larger meal. That can really help. Um, you also want to take note of how physical activity is impacting the blood sugar. that uh, can increase risk of low. So can we reduce that risk by making sure that you're having a meal, or, um, having a snack before you eat or reducing the insulin dose Having a, I'm sorry, having a snack before you exercise or reducing that insulin dose uh, before you exercise. And you want to make sure that, again, Diana said, you have all the, we have all this wonderful data. You want to periodically download that data, evaluate it, look at the days where you had really high percentages of, of time and range and what contributed to your success that day. Can we try to replicate that more days? And sometimes that can be a really useful way um, versus trying to point out, okay, what went wrong here? Maybe a, a good approach is really to look at what went right and how can we replicate that to keep more sugars in target range. So, Diana, what does the future of CGM look like? I am so glad you asked that because I am so excited about this area. So uh, the future is very, very bright. Um, the devices continue to become even more and more accurate. They're also becoming even smaller and smaller. So they're just, they're so tiny, people don't even feel it and notice that they're, they're they're on them. Um, and also, you know, we're seeing the wear times are being extended. You know, currently we've got the 14 days with Libre and we have the, the three month with the Eversense, but likely that's going to be expanded to six months to a year. Um, so that part is very, very exciting. But the other component that is equally or even more exciting is the integration that we're seeing with insulin pumps and with smart connected pens to automate insulin delivery. So think like, you know, what the goal is really is to have, you know, a true artificial pancreas where a person could wear this device and it could know how much insulin to give them. And so we are getting closer. We have hybrid closed loop insulin pumps that basically the insulin pump is working with that CGM sensor to automate insulin delivery. But with the current systems, there is still there's still a lot of work from the person with diabetes and that they still need to at least uh, count their carbohydrates and enter in their carbohydrates for the system to work. But the hope is, as we're going into the future, that we're headed to an era of just meal announcements, not exact carbohydrate counting, or even, you know, the hope is we get to the point where a person doesn't have to enter in carbohydrates at all. So I would say stay tuned, um, just so much excitement and growth in this area. Um, so Trish, is there anything else that you think would be useful uh, to people with diabetes to know about CGM? So I, I find that the websites, the device websites are very useful. There are uh, videos, there are frequently asked questions that are uh, listed there. Um, customer support can, can be a good place to get more information or troubleshoot an issue with a, a sensor staying on. Call your local representative um, for the device that you're using if, if you need some additional information. And then, of course, reaching out to your healthcare team, your certified diabetes care and education specialist, uh, your dietitian, and your diabetes provider. 
to help really get the most benefit out of using this device and being able to make sense of the wonderful glucose information you're getting to improve the overall blood sugar control. Thank you so much for joining our podcast on continuous glucose monitors. Thank you very much.